Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. So, do you want marketing made simple? Shopify removes the guesswork with built-in tools that help you create, execute, and analyze all your online marketing campaigns. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash income. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Broadway Podcast Network presents Giants in the Sky, how Sondheim and Lapine went into the woods with me, Ben Rimmelauer. Today's guest, Jackie Dankworth, Cinderella in the original London cast, and Cleo Lane's daughter. Once upon a time. Jackie Dankworth created the role of Cinderella in Richard Jones's original West End production of Into the Woods in 1991 after having watched her mother, jazz and stage legend Cleo Lane, star as the witch on the U.S. national tour. Jackie also played Beth in the 1992 Lester Haymarket production of Stephen Sondheim and George Firth's Merrily Roll Along, available on J Records, for whom she also recorded Godspell, Cabaret, and the title role in Sweet Charity. In addition to following in the footsteps of her parents, enjoying a thriving career on record and on stage as a jazz singer, Jackie has enjoyed success as an actor with the Royal Shakespeare Company, the National Theatre, and multiple times both on and off London's West End, as well as on Showtime's The Borgias. She was appointed Member of the Order of the British Empire, MBE. so thrilled to talk to you. Actually, it's such funny timing that I heard back from you because I just got on eBay my uh, souvenir program from oh, wow. the woods that you were is that, a is that a coincidence, is it? Yeah, is that just a coincidence. That's so weird. I mean, I had, um, because I think it's a while ago that I reached out through uh, your mother's website and then I started just like stabbing in the dark because I didn't have... Um, yeah. You know, um, but uh, but then all of a sudden, there you were in my inbox, and it's wonderful. <laughs> um, but and also, I realized I didn't realize rather how closely um, 
timed it all was for you. Uh, when I got your email that you said that you had seen your mother, Cleo Lane, the great Cleo Lane, as yeah. the witch in the national company in the United States, that that was, they opened in um, the summer of 89, and it was a year later, you were cast as Cinderella in the original Thanks, West End production. Yeah, yeah. So it was a very into the woods time for you, it sounds like. It was. And funnily enough, I because uh, mum and dad used to have a an apartment in New York so we often used to come over, you know, to to be with mom and dad on when they were touring, working there. And um, so I heard about Into the Woods, and I I went on my own. Actually, I think I went on my own, and I just I was just totally entranced by it. And I thought to myself, I want to be in that show. <laughs> so, so, and it was it was Joanna Gleason as well. Um, she was just the whole thing was just so so brilliant and so moving and um so I, I remember practicing sort of eight hours a day thought that I wanted to play a baker's wife mm. and and I so I, I learned all those songs and they said well you're not right for her but you you know we'd like you to do Cinderella so it kind of worked but and I was happy I didn't care I just wanted to be in the show yeah. <laughs> I've done anything in it um so yeah that was Richard Jones production that was you know that was we we were fated by the was it the Iraq war I think it was the Iraq yeah. war mm -hmm. um, and so a lot of Americans stopped coming over mm. at that time and the show just folded after six months mm. um, but it was very very different to the American uh, yeah especially um, in design so yeah. um, talk to me about um getting to see uh your mom in the tour where did, did you go see like the first run through that they did um in new york before going on the road or where did you see it no i do you know i wish i'd thought about that i i i can't remember where it was i think it was possibly in somewhere like palm i think it was palm springs or something. oh yeah oh palm, in palm beach palm, in florida where they opened florida. the very beginning yeah that's where i went because I remember walking with mum on the beach there. So that's that's where it was. Um, um, and she was brilliant. She was very funny and, um, you know, just, I mean, very different. But she was just mum doing the way. I mean, she was, you know, she was, it kind of suited her because I always think of her as a witch, actually, in the nicest <laughs> possible way. Yes, magical, <laughs> a sorceress. She is a sorceress, very powerful woman. Um, I mean, this was a period of a lot of theater work for her because this was pretty much right after she had done Mystery of Edwin Drood on Broadway. Yeah. Um, and also around the time when her Sondheim album came out. Um, and did this, was this, uh, I mean, I know she had done theater over the years and, and stuff, but was, was there an intent to make that more of a focus at this phase in her career? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I know she played, she was she was in um, A Little Night Music as well mm. around that time. Yeah. So I think it must have been. Uh, I, I think it was hard on on her and dad because it meant that they were separated quite a lot. Mm. Um, but I think it was, I think it was definitely, I think one of the regrets for mum was not getting into the movies, you know, getting into mm. Hollywood. And, um, but... So I, but I think theatre was very dear to her heart because she, of course, she 
she played Julie in Showboat in the West End. Yes. And that was, I, I understand that that's what launched her in America because yeah. someone heard her singing that and that's was the beginning of her career in America, I believe. Yeah. I read that somewhere. Um, um, but I don't, I don't know if that was, uh, you know, I, I know that because throughout her career, she's always done a lot of acting. So um, yeah. I, I guess maybe it was just synchronicity that a lot of things came along. I guess I'm sure the tone, you know, the did she win the Tony Award? Did she win a Tony Award for that? For in no. Uh, no, she was nominated. Was she? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, um, and I'm sure that sort of spurred her on to do more. Yeah. It was so, so successful. Yeah. Yeah. And people loved her on that album. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, well, the, also the cast, I've talked to, they haven't released the episodes yet, but I've had conversations with some of the members of the national company, uh, and they all idolized her so much and talk about her standing in the wings and watching her sing yeah. and how hilarious and warm she was. And even though she was the yeah. star of the company, that she was such a, um, salt of the earth yeah. that made them yeah. all comfortable, even though they were in awe of her. And uh, uh, Jonathan Hadley was saying that um, she was always so pissed about um, The Last Midnight because she felt it didn't have an ending. And that one time she, because that she would she would sing the song and she would really have them. And then it has this, you know, kind of, uh, you know, I mean, I guess Bernadette Peters had done it kind of just like a shriek at the end. But of course, oh, you're yeah, yeah. That, you know, what four octave range or whatever. So yeah. she sang this, you know, stratospheric <laughs> notes, but it still wasn't, it didn't have, I guess, what she considered a showbiz ending. A showbiz ending. Yeah. And so yeah. she would storm off in frustration. And he said one time that she passed him uh, off stage and she said, it's like having the most wonderful, fabulous sex for hours and no orgasm. Is that what mom said? Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm blocking my ears. I'm blocking my ears. <laughs> ah, you don't like to think about that, about your mom. No, no. <laughs> well, only in art. No, only in great. art. That <laughs> no, is great. I'm only kidding. But, um, um, well, that's a, that was a yeah, brilliant description of it. Um, no, she was, the thing about mum was she was so relaxed. I think she had such confidence in her own ability. And um, I think she's almost Zen-like. Zen I mean, she's still like, she's 96 now and, um, you know, very, very, very frail, but still so loved by by everyone that, who looks after her. And yeah. so she's got this kind of Zen-like quality, which I, I don't, I haven't, I definitely haven't inherited, <laughs> where she's so, she's just very, calm and um and I, I can tell you a story we were on the road with mom and dad and and uh, we'd stop we were driving in convoy with the rest of the you know with the rest of the musicians and the road manager and we, my dad was at the beginning the, the, the head of the convoy because my dad loved to drive and so he prided himself in in having the map you know and driving yeah. so he they pull over on the hard shoulder and because uh, he's got lost on the map so he pulls over gets out of his car to speak to his road manager behind Elliot and he forgot that he was in an automatic car so he'd left it in drive so my mum's reading the newspaper in, in in the front on the left my brother and I in the back and my brother screams the car's moving the car's moving <laughs> so my mum carries on reading the newspaper doesn't look up and says go tell your father so <laughs> 
that's how relaxed she is. So then, so I um, I wind the window and I go, Dad, Dad, the car's <laughs> And I see my dad in the distance running, you know, a mile. He's after the, and this car was heading towards a ditch. And so I sort of jump over to the front and steer the car away from the ditch. And my mum just carries on reading. <laughs> but that kind of sums her up in a way, which is why I'm telling you about it. Well, it must have served her well. I mean, because God knows one aspect of show business alone, uh, if you only focus on theater or you only focus on jazz or you only focus on pop music or you only focus on, you know, running a venue. I mean, any one of those things could be a lot of strife, you know, and be able to navigate all of that as a woman, as a woman of color, uh, around all over the world. I mean, she must have had to put up with so much uh, in her way. Yeah. I mean, she was born in 1927. God, mum's going to tell me off. I've told you her age now anyway, so but um, (laughs) she'll tell me off about that as well. But she, yeah, she was born in 1927 and into a mixed race family in 1927. Can you imagine? And so my uncle, her brother, said to me that um, if there were any racist comments, it was Cleo, where she was called Clementina at that time, Clemmy, they called her Clemmy. It was Clemmy that used to go and beat everyone up. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wasn't telling, he, he, I'm telling you the truth, it was her. She, if anyone gave them jip, she would just, you know, get her her, her sort of metaphorical boxing gloves wow. on. And, and, and so she was tough, you know, she, brought, she was brought up tough. And but yeah. she had that spirit as well. So, yeah, she still has, actually. We have competitions still to see who can sing the highest. <laughs> and she's still, still got the high notes. Wow. <laughs> that should be the first to go, usually. That's incredible. <clears throat> no, she can still do it. And so um, and my, my husband, Charlie Wood, is a fine jazz musician. And um, he we go over and play. We go, He comes over and plays music. We play all her repertoire, well, not all, but we have some special songs like <clears throat> Sunny Side of the Street, we always do. I've Got a Crush on You, Tea for Two, that's another one. <clears throat> and then and then from time to time, we have uh, I have a competition with her to see who can sing highest, and she always wins still. <laughs> She's got this freak instrument that can just, now even, you know, when she has, she's not singing. She can just, yeah, so there you go. Amazing. Yeah. What, um, uh, you you saw the show on Broadway and then you got to see uh, your mom do it. But then obviously your true deep study of the the piece came when you got cast as Cinderella. And, and I mean, I would love to do a whole second season of the podcast on that production and everything about it. But I am curious, um, particularly in the role uh, 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 of the witch and seeing the, that evolve with the focus on your mother, but even in any aspect, you know, what were sort of the things that struck you uh, working on that, either how it changed your appreciation of the material or what you noticed about the different approach you know, um... um, Richard Jones was very strict about not allowing any influence from uh, uh, Sondheim mm. uh, in the rehearsal room ah. because I think with Sunday in the Park with George had been, you know, I think the director, had, had, I think uh, Stephen was was in the rehearsals and I think it, it, it caused you know lots of confusion from a lot of the actors and mm. um, 
And so Richard Jones sort of made a decision. And but of course, Julie McKenzie, who played the witch, was very, very close to Stephen. So she, yeah. she was she was to tell her she was on the phone to him every night to tell him what was <laughs> going on. <laughs> oh dear, dear, dear. Um, um, so he was kind of still involved, but I remember backstage and um, during the dress rehearsals, um, Stephen was there. Uh, I believe with James Lapine, it was James Lapine was there, and um, and there's a scene where where Cinderella, the ugly sisters, are 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 you know tearing her hair and look at her clothes, look at her, you know I can't yeah. remember the words now, but yeah. look at her hair, look at her, and um, <clears throat> I've been directed by Richard Jones to do it in a certain way, and Stephen and James Lapine called us over in in I think we were in the bar, you know, at the Phoenix, and said. No, 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 you shouldn't do it that way. This is how you're going to get the laugh. You know, this is, you know. so we did it a different way. And during the dress rehearsal and Richard Jones says, why are you doing it like that? And of course, then we're in this terrible position. We didn't know what to say. And we went, but so, you know, it, I think he was right. I have to say, I think he was right that he got that. That was where, that was where the, the laugh was or the tension or, um, so, but that was all going on. I, I don't know. It, um, Imelda Staunton played the baker's wife and um, I mean she was absolutely brilliant in it but I know that she apparently she was asked loads of times to play the baker's wife I'm sure I'm not speaking up turn because it's but uh, and she kept saying no 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 I can't do it no no, no. and then finally she was she was um, persuaded to play and then of course then she went on to to play Rose in in um uh, you know uh Gypsy. Help me out, Gypsy. Gypsy, Gypsy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was the beginning of her relationship with with Stephen Sondheim. Yeah. I, 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 I knew him through Merrily We Roll Along as well. Uh, yeah, which, sure. You were Beth uh, at the Leicester. Yeah, yeah, Leicester. Yeah. Um, so I got to I got to know him quite well. It was, I mean, for me, it was, it was very high for me. I had never sung that high, so I was really surprised that they cast me. Yeah. So I I tried to get lots of tips from mum, you know, mm. sing through your nose, pretend you're a cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was staying, I was doing My Fair Lady in Cheltenham and uh, and I was, the landlady could hear all these cat noises coming out in <laughs> the room. I think she thought I'd gone bonkers. <laughs> Do you mean to tell me that Cinderella is a higher role than Eliza Doolittle? No, it's about the same actually. It's about the same, but it's not my natural voice. Um, but yeah, so I was surprised I was cast in that as well. So I had to learn to sing, sing high. And when I listen to Into the Woods now, and I listen to myself, it's like a different person singing. Um, but I hear, I hear your mother in in your voice, and and it's funny. I almost hear it more there in that soprano stuff than I do in like your jazz recordings or uh -huh. like even that um, album you made of Sweet Charity. Uh, oh, yeah. which is so great and and yeah. you're such a wonderful charity but you I think you sound more like Cleo as Cinderella than going up one. really oh how interesting I, maybe that's just my weird ear but maybe it's just the high the vibrato or something on, yeah. on the high notes but um and what was the and difference? it was a wonderful production it was yeah. very very different and I think Richard Jones wanted to strip strip he wanted a different kind of fairy tale is it the Grimm's fairy tale you know that where, yeah. where it's kind of really quite harsh and and my mum came to see it and she oh, said wow. she really 
missed she preferred the american <laughs> well there you go. i shouldn't say that should i i think she loved the beauty of it i think because it was utterly beautiful it was like a pop-up fairy it was yeah. like one of those beautiful pop-up books wasn't it yeah. with the glitter and the trees and the lighting and oh my god and richard jones went for a, a very stark we were all yeah lit from underneath spotlights yeah. from underneath which wasn't very flattering either you know that spotlight yeah. underneath um but i mean it's difficult when you're in a production to, but i i believe it was a brilliant production um uh certainly melda was wonderful in it julia mckenzie said she she struggled with the witch um made i don't know why but she said she found it a really difficult part um May I? I don't know. I, maybe she didn't feel like she was glamorous that. enough, or something. I don't know, because you know you've got to turn into this glamorous uh, person, uh, a glamorous witch, haven't you? Yeah. From, so it is a I departure to cast her. I mean, you know, because your mother is a glamorous figure. Yeah. At Peters, and yeah. um, and that was a different take, and also just certainly vocally. I mean, I think of Julia as this sort of um, more, you know, soprano kind of. Um, maybe soprano is not always the case because I guess she plays lower uh, tenors, yeah. but but not the kind of jazz belt, you know. Uh, no, no, no. You know, that, very that classically sort of, trained. Yeah, very. Um, for the last time, I am not on Ozempic. I made one little joke on this podcast and everybody started calling me out, texting me, calling me cringe, whatever. I really was asked by people if I was on Ozempic. And as I told them, I am not. I am just eating factors, no prep, no mess meals, okay? Warmer, sunnier days are coming. Fire Island season is here. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Make today the day you can kickstart a new healthy routine what are you waiting for with 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week you'll always have new flavors to explore crush your wellness goals this may with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from breakfast to dessert stay fueled with easy nutritious options treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon shrimp and blackened salmon and kitchen time is kept to a minimum they are ready in two minutes no shopping no prepping no cooking no cleanup enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories maximize protein intake avoid meat or just simply to eat well balanced head to factormeals.com slash giants in the sky 50 and use code giants in the sky 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20 percent off your next month that's code giants in the sky 50 at factormeals.com slash giants in the sky 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20 percent off your next month while your subscription is active do you know she was so kind to me julie mckenzie because um, I, you, you won't believe this, but I lost my my dog during in, during Into the Woods when I was playing Cinderella, and um, and she she was stolen. My my dog was stolen. Oh wow! And um, and it, I, I believe it happened in the woods, right near my parent where my parents live in Milton Kings, and we'd been I'd been staying there, uh, 
and my my mom and dad had a housekeeper and they were looking after my dog and they let it out in the morning and it ran off but there are these massive woods right so every night after the show of into the woods I would drive into the woods with friends calling Nelson, Nelson. and so it was so weird and and very upsetting and Julie McKenzie's a mad dog person uh, she's got about you know she's she had about four or five dogs at the time and she said use my dressing room anytime just come down so I was in sitting in her dressing room whenever I wasn't on stage I was bringing Battersea dogs home and all these dogs homes <laughs> um ticking them off lists and um, oh. strange isn't it what you yeah it's so weird going into the woods after the show yeah and, it was creepy as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Be careful of the wolf. Um, yeah. Did you uh, ever see any of the other productions later on, like the one in Regent's Park or uh, the film? I'm pretty sure I saw, I think I saw Sophie. Sophie Thompson at the Don Mar Warehouse. Oh, right. Sure. Yeah, there was that. Yeah. Uh, was that Bob Crowley? Uh, yeah. yeah. I saw that, but um, that was, a, I guess they call that an off, an, uh, the equivalent of an off-Broadway yeah. venue, do they? Yeah. Don Mar Warehouse, I don't know. Um, but I didn't see Regent's Park. I, stupidly, I should have gone. Um, well, I think they actually filmed it, so you, you still can. Uh, oh, yeah? But, um, Is it good? Uh, you know, I didn't, I haven't watched the, I can't believe I'm saying it on the thing. Maybe I'll edit it out, but I haven't watched that film, but I watched, I saw that production when they did it uh, in Central Park in New York with an American okay. cast, but the same, yeah. uh, what do you call it? Um, steampunk uh, style. Uh, so it was very cool. Um, uh-huh. uh, we also had a really interesting production by a company called the Fiasco Theater Company, where it was a very small cast with a lot of doubling, like a lot yeah. of doubling, you know, oh, yeah. across genders and only sort of found objects as set and costume and props pieces. Like the stepsisters wore um, Levelor blinds that were their ball gowns. I mean, it was all like as if it was very much like, you know, what kids could put a show on. Oh, okay. From like a room closet. Idea, um, it was very cool. Yeah, so it's interesting when I hear you talk about um, like your mom's reaction or people's reaction to Richard Jones' production, because I think the piece supports, you know, having all these different interpretations, you know, and especially yeah. because um, James Lapine directed the original and the revival. Yeah. Certainly got the original imprimatur uh, preserved for all time. So, I mean, we can, yeah. you know, I, I like seeing the alternate takes. Yeah. yeah. I saw um, company, was is it, because um, when I did My Fair Lady, John Doyle was directing and he, oh, wonderful. he then, he then had this huge, he's had this huge success yeah. in America. Yeah. And he, I, I watched his production of company during COVID. Um, mm. And I just couldn't believe it. I just thought it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Like, you know, all the double, the, the, the actor musicians, they're just yeah. unbelievable. Was that not so, how his My Fair Lady that you were in was, was staged? No, no, oh. it was very, very traditional. Yeah. You My could favorite. do a production like that. I mean, you're a musician. You could, you yeah. could, you, you could step into one of those if you should, you know, would yeah. you still have interest in doing musical theater? Who's that sort of? Do, do you I? still have interest in Do that? I still have it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, oh. I I did grade eight flute. I'm quite a good flautist, actually, so I could do, I could play the flute, something like that. We should get but, you back together with John Doyle. 
I mean, that's... Um, I'd love to. Do you know him? I, I yeah. don't, but I, maybe you'll hear the podcast. We can get you. Never I don't mean, know if you're out there, get in touch. He's, uh, he did, because it was Company and um, Sweeney Todd. And yeah. um, he did a, a few other things. Well, he's directed a lot. But I mean, he did a few in that interesting style that is, you know. Yeah. It um, yeah, Actually, the, looking at the photos in the souvenir program from your Into the Woods, I was thinking about that style of theater also that's very, I guess, Brechtian or something. Because like the, I noticed that the Milky White had wheels, very prominent wheels. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it, it so it's like, um, it, you know, the suspension of disbelief is 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 proactive. Yes, it's exactly what he wanted. And Patsy Rowland uh, played um, Jack's mother. Oh yeah. She was so funny and lovely. I think she's not with us anymore. No. I can't believe it. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. And Ian Bartholomew was the. Oh, uh, uh, he's theater. wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was good cast. I mean, interesting casting. Um, and Eunice Gason played my my mother. Mm, um, my stepmother, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, not the stepmother. No, the, the my actual Oh, pardon me, in the tree, excuse me. Yeah, the tree. Um, and she used to be a Bond. She was one of the Bond ladies, the original Bond, James oh, Bond ladies. Oh, and um, so she used to come arrive to stage door every day looking so glamorous, you know, <laughs> because she was a Bond late right up, you know, she was just, she used to say, Jackie, you should really up your game, you know, you should look glamorous when you come to the stage door. And she's right, really. I used yeah. to just arrive in my, you know, my jeans and, and messy hair and everything. Um, but that old, she was one from the old guard, you know. Yeah, it's a generational thing. I think maybe the young generation now, with their social media and everything, it's in a way it's kind of swung back to the old guard style because they're very plugged in to appearing for the fans and you know work. Yeah. Maybe sometimes in lieu of the actual yeah, work, right. you know. Yes. But um, but that does seem to have picked up the pressure of. You know, getting your eyebrows right and your false <laughs> eyelashes and all that rubbish. But, yeah. you know, my mum used to say to me as a kid, Jackie, it's 90% how you look. And I was like, no, it isn't. It's about the art, you know, and I was really offended by it. <laughs> but actually, do you know what? I wonder if she's right now. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Well, she's a beautiful woman, so she can afford really to say that. Um, uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> 90%. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, was was there ever things that she said to you? I mean, I loved hearing that comment about the comparing the productions over the years. Did she reflect on Into the Woods in a certain way ever? No, I mean, you know, we sang it as a duet. We did it. Mum and I did it as a duet um, on one of her records. No one is alone. Oh, we, lovely. We and we we did it often, like if I at Christmas, if I if if I joined her on stage, we we often do that. Mm. And in fact, I I just did a, a one woman show at Edinburgh, and I sang "No One Is Alone." You know? Oh, wonderful! Yeah. What a wonderful tribute. Yeah. Um, well, that was that you created that song on the West End. I yeah. mean, you know, you were generous to let let uh, your mother yeah. um, join you for it. Yeah, hands off, hands off. <laughs> I remember once during a Christmas. Oh, I I can't tell you this. No, it's too. Oh, please. <laughs> no, please. she just didn't want. <laughs> 
No, it's a bit too personal, but she just didn't want to share the microphone with anyone else, especially her daughter. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so uh, I, I laugh about it now, but then it was, you know, um, but yeah, that so that song is very special to me, really, because yeah. it, uh, it's very poignant singing that with your, 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 your own mum. Oh, I can only imagine. I yeah. mean... It's funny because it's a show that um, even just to audience members seeing it once, it has such tremendous resonance, as particularly in the parents and children um, dynamics. Yeah. And to not only have um, created the role on the West End, but to have shared this bond through the show over two different productions with yeah. your own mother is, you know... Uh, I mean, I, I, it's really, it, it must be such a, a deep personal uh, connection for you to this material. I guess it is, although, you know, uh, it's probably a fault of mine. I, I, I don't, I perhaps don't appreciate these things as much as I, as I should. And like, I, you know, I didn't appreciate my dad so much until, until after he'd gone. And I used to, and I said to mum, I wish I'd listened to him more, you know, but he was <laughs> dad. And I think you, in a way you don't, you sort of take for granted, you know, all these things, but actually it is an amazing thing to to sing that song with your mum and to have, to, that show really has affected both of us um, in different ways. Um, but Stephen Sondheim had, you know, a huge impact in, on, on my early career, really. Yeah. Um, so he was an important person in both our lives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Quite well, honoured, really, to have known him, and very honoured to have known him and have worked with him. And um, I, I really, really liked him, and I, I liked his detail of the work. You know, it's mm. all about the work, and it wasn't personal or anything. He just wanted it to be the best. You know, yeah, it was lovely. Um, so I'm very lucky, and. My mom's very lucky as well. <laughs> we're lucky. We're both lucky. Well, we were we were all lucky to have you both uh, delivering yeah. uh, that music. I mean, because you know it, it it wouldn't have been the same in another in another voice. Um, so it's uh, it, it was it was written in the stars. Um, <laughs> I guess the, some uh, of these things are. You often yeah. feel that they are, don't you? Yeah. Um, yeah. Strange things happen. A bit like your pamphlet arriving today from ebay yes the, yes isn't that great I, I knew that i that i was getting it soon and i thought oh well too bad i I'll, I'll have it afterwards you know but i but i got to look at it first you know yeah yeah to study and, all the, the pictures and the yeah pictures. i mean and that's part of the reason that i'm doing the podcast honestly is because of the timing of this show that's been so um influential to you know I mean for the younger generation they really consider this the premier Stephen Sondheim musical I mean I remember growing up I loved Into the Woods but all the artists that I was assisting starting out my career sort of looked at it as kind of second tier after Follies or Sweeney Todd or whatever oh, really? you know? but um but to the kids I mean this is the number one Sondheim show but it's right before the internet and so none of this stuff 
is um you know it's not easily sort of accessible yeah Yeah. cross-reference and everything you know and um so I wanted to get you know all the stories in you know because um unfortunately you know Sondheim's not with us anymore but you know but even uh getting to talk to Chip Zion and James Lapine and Joanna Gleason I mean you know they're they're still very uh you know agile and and with it I mean you know that's not going to be the case 40 years from now no, absolutely it's a yeah. wonderful thing that you do yeah. I, I did I listened to the Joanna Gleason one this morning um and she sounds really lovely I love that audition story about yeah. have you got anything fast <laughs> and she's saying was it on a clear day yeah um, I, I what did I have that I don't have and she said well I can sing it much faster <laughs> but she got the job so she yeah. she's very uh charming isn't she yeah yeah um, yeah, everyone has been. It's been so fascinating. And um, and like I said, all the people from the National Company, I mean, they all just sang uh, such praises of working with your mother. And, um, and you know, uh, unfortunately, we don't have an album from that, although I have uh, gotten my hands on some uh, soundboard recordings, if you ever want those. Have you? Of mom yeah. singing? Yeah. Oh, wow. And, oh, and also, I found some, there's some clips on YouTube, which were wonderful to see. Oh, okay. Um, get a little taste of of what what she was like, and the rap know. song and everything. The, uh, rap. the rap I only have on the audio, but on YouTube oh, okay. there was the last midnight and oh, yeah. me and lament, and you know they're, yeah. I mean, they're just in, they're as incredible as you yeah. would or to have been, you know. Yeah, well, she was very good at tapping into her own her own power, you know, and I think mm. that part needs that. Mm-hmm. Um, and but but also very funny and characterful, so she's yeah. perfect for it, really. Yeah. I'd love to do it one day. One day I'll do it. Yeah. Call John Doyle. Let's make it happen. Okay. Three. You're on. <laughs> um, I love it. Well, um, uh, I'm so I'm so thankful for you chatting with me. It's so great to get your perspective on this. I mean, it's well, true. One. I hope I've been helpful. I I I'm not, you know, I I it was a long time ago that I saw Mum in it. And uh obviously I just thought she was brilliant. Yeah, um, the production was very, very good. Um, I was a little bit because I saw the because I saw the Broadway production. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think I was a little bit um, influenced by by just the that you know the original the the first thing that I saw, um, and um, so I I remember my mum very well in that touring production, but I don't remember everyone else, which is I feel very embarrassed to say that I probably shouldn't say that should I no listen it's all we're we're all warts and all I mean yeah um fun fact of uh family uh circularity the man who played Cinderella's father on that tour is the father of Kim Crosby who played Cinderella on Broadway Ah, so they were they were all it's like a family show I guess um okay yeah uh I hadn't known that until the podcast. Um, do you mean the father? Do you mean the father of the of the baker? Do you mean that you know the? No, no, Cinderella's father. You know that small part that kind of ignores her. Um, what is oh. he? Do you know I've got absolutely? Isn't that awful? I've, I don't. <laughs> do you think that he was doesn't do much. He barely does anything. Let's, I'll tell you who it was. Oh. Uh, let's see. Where's the cast? I don't remember that in the London production. And wouldn't that be funny if it it was John Rogan 
Yeah, John Rogan. Double cast with the mysterious man. That's interesting. Um, but not yeah. the narrator. Oh yeah, it was a different. It was a different. Yeah, he doubled his. Yeah. That's funny. Um, How bizarre! I wonder if they cut that because I don't have any re- recollection of him being my my father in that. Um, but he was the mysterious man. Was is he meant to be that? He's meant to be the the baker's father. Yeah, something? the big yeah. mysterious man is. Yeah, absolutely. mysterious man. That I love that part. I think those those songs are so beautiful, aren't they? That, yeah, that totally. That's uh, maybe one of my favorite songs in the show is that "No More," um, that the baker sings with the, with the mysterious man. Yeah, I love that song. And actually, in doing the research on this podcast, one thing I've come across is some of the um, soundboard recordings from the San Diego production before Broadway of the early incarnation of the show uh-huh. from 1986. And there was more to that song. The Mysterious Man had an extra, I don't know if it would be like a bridge or something um, that was really lovely. I don't i don't know why they cut it. I guess they had to oh, it's a getting long at that point in the show. <laughs> you can't cherish yeah. your darlings. But... Well, they wrote, um, they wrote an extra song for Julia McKenzie. Yes, I love that duet, Our Little World. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is that in the uh, is that in productions post is that still kept in the show? Well, we used it when I did it in college, but yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. I think it's an option when people license the show. But it, we're so happy and love to have that on the um, London cast recording that that was preserved. Yeah. Um, which um, yeah, people should all check out if they haven't heard Jackie yeah. Dangworth as Cinderella in the original. Right. <laughs> Into the Woods. Uh, um, and it's all- another lifetime. It's a lifetime ago. Yeah. Gosh, how how old would I have been when when I did that? When was it? What was the? It was nineteen ninety. Right. Yeah. I'd be just heading for thirty, I think. Yeah. So you were you were really too young for the baker's wife. Yeah. Um. Certainly yeah. younger younger than uh. I'd be all right now though for it. That, that's so right. Probably that's... too old. I'm too old now because I definitely. I'm too old now, but I'd be all right for The Witch. Yeah, oh, definitely. The Witch definitely. is timeless. I want to see yeah, it. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Giants in the Sky, how Sondheim and Lapine went into the woods on the Broadway Podcast Network. Look out for episode 42 with Marsha Milgram Dodge, auditioned choreographer. <laughs> Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.